Hey, this is Lauren LeBlanc from Lauren From Scratch, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey everyone, real quick, I want to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about Clarity. Clarity is a powerful tool that allows you to organize, optimize, and update your blog content for maximum growth. One of the most powerful ways bloggers are using Clarity to make their content better is through the use of projects. You can think of projects as groupings of your content that need similar updates. They help you make data-driven task lists for each of your posts. Some popular projects that bloggers are currently running with Clarity are old posts that need to be no indexed or deleted, seasonal posts that need to be refreshed or pushed to social, full revamps for old posts, broken link fixes, posts to reshoot, adding alt text, and top posts, health checks. Projects are at the heart of how bloggers are using Clarity to add extra value to their blog posts to maximize their traffic. If you are interested in learning more and potentially becoming an early adopter of Clarity, you can go to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk to sign up for the waiting list and receive 50% off your first month. Go to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk or check out the resources page on eblogtalk.com forward slash resources to learn more. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 352. I have Lauren LeBlanc with me today, and she is going to talk to us about how bloggers can make money from blogging by doing SEO-focused ghostwriting. Lauren has been blogging on and off for the past seven years and started her food blog in January 2020. Lauren focuses on creating savory recipes from scratch using high-quality ingredients and teaching people how to make restaurant-worthy dishes in their own kitchens. She realized she needed to spend money to grow her blog, so she needed to generate income. Lauren used her blogging skills and began ghostwriting SEO-focused recipe posts for other bloggers. Super excited to chat with you about this today, Lauren. I love this topic. Hey, Meg. Nice to be here. Thanks for being here. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Lauren. Let's hear your fun fact. What do you have for us? My fun fact is I'm actually a physician assistant and part-time food blogger. But before I became a physician assistant, I was working on my PhD in biochemistry. And I love the science. I love the teaching, but I actually hated being stuck in a lab by myself all the time. So I had to pump the brakes on that plan and kind of rethink what I wanted to do with my life, which was scary. But I actually take a lot of those skills that I learned in the science field into my recipe development. And I approach it like an experiment. So I feel like I still get to do a little bit of that, which is nice. That's awesome. So you said you still are a physician's assistant currently? Yes. I am a full-time physician assistant. I work in psychiatry. So that's my day job and I do blogging everywhere in between. Wow. Okay. So you have a very well-rounded life. I feel like that would cover, (laughs) like fill all the boxes, right? (laughs) It definitely fills all the boxes. It fills out my time boxes for sure, but it's good. Yes, time, energy, and all the categories in life. Exactly. So cool. Well, thank you again for being here today. And I guess just to start, we would love to hear about your journey food blogging and how it's gone when you started and how it's evolved a little bit. And then when did you get to the point where you were like, I need to make money? How is this going to happen? Just kind of talk us through all of that. 
Sure. So I started a blog in 2017 that was non-food related. It was kind of like about my journey of being a PA student. And then I started my actual food blog in 2020, right before the pandemic. And I think when most people took the pandemic as a time to ramp up their food blogs, I was just kind of in a paralysis mode, especially being in healthcare. It was super scary. And I was kind of, I'm like, am I going to have a job still? Like it was very uncertain time. So I actually took a little break, but I started treating my food blog like a business in 2021. And I realized that we put so much work into our food blogs. And also with that, a lot of money, because it really, you know, it takes money to get started. It takes a little bit of money to keep things going. So I figure, you know, before I get to that Mediavine status, I have to figure out some kind of way to generate income. And I know a lot of people are in that position because it could be a very expensive hobby, food blogging. So I looked into doing food photography for other bloggers, which I really love the food photography aspect. But I realized that when you're doing that kind of work for other bloggers, sometimes you're going to make less money than you would if you'd be working for a brand. And a lot of people really enjoy food photography. And so I realized that one thing people do not enjoy is writing. And that's kind of where I figured out that if I could take some of the writing off of people's hands, that's a really valuable resource to have because so many people kind of save writing to the last step and it often kind of gets overlooked. The problem with that is SEO writing is super important. We all know because SEO is kind of king. We have to get our website out in front of the eyes of everybody else. So it's it seems like a really good way to actually get a job like that. Writing is a necessity in our world, right? We have to write. We can't just put up photos and a recipe. Like There has <laughs> yep. to be writing involved. So I love your approach to that. Like a lot of us do like the photography because it's creative, it's visual, it's beautiful. But when it comes to writing, it's more of a necessity. So, so smart of you to approach it like that and just see like, we all have to do this. And a lot of us probably don't want to do it. So what are your tips, I guess, for getting started with something like this? Because it can seem overwhelming. Like obviously we want to help and we want to get you know, the work, but how do we go about that? So I kind of came up with five things that can help other bloggers get started with SEO focused ghostwriting for others, because making that first dollar, I feel like is really important, but it's also super gratifying when you can finally say like, I spent all this money in my blog, but Hey, look, I'm actually bringing some income in now. So, so the first step is the most important I think, and that is know your worth. So as an entrepreneur, pricing things can be kind of hard because we all have imposter syndrome. We all are just kind of setting our own rates. There's no standard of, you know, how much certain things are going to be charged, but I just want to encourage everybody to not undersell yourself. When I was first doing research on how to price my services, I was really shocked at some extremely low (laughs) rates. Some of the like, I, you know, so to write a whole post keyword research and, you know, making it SEO compatible, that takes some time. And some of the rates that people were charging per hour, it would almost be less than minimum wage. And I know my time is worth more than that. I know a lot of other bloggers that have any kind of expertise, really, our time is worth more than that. So I just kind of want to encourage you to don't be scared that nobody's going to want to pay your price. You know, do it competitively, but also don't undersell yourself. 
Where do you recommend starting out with that? Because I don't want to be paid minimum wage. So like what is, do you have a range just so people have something in their minds? Yeah. And so I also say take into consideration what your expertise level is. So if you've been blogging for any amount of time, you've been writing your own blog posts. So that's, that counts as your expertise. So your experience level, also how long it's going to take you. So I would set a timer and from start to finish, start timing yourself because I think it's hard to, it's hard to conceptualize how much like a project is worth, but if you can break it down into hours, I think we're all more familiar with like what an hourly rate is like. So, I mean, if you want numbers, I saw some people and and this is no offense to anybody who's actually charging these rates, but I just want to tell you that I guarantee you, you can charge more. So some people were charging like $50 per, per blog post. And I just feel like that's not enough for the multiple hours it would take to keyword research, to write. And not only that, but I think it's important when you're writing for others, you want to write in their style and you want to write in something that's consistent with their voice and their brand. So if you're doing all of those things, I think it, it's worth way more than 50. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you said 50, I was like, ooh, that is, that's a punch in the gut. Yeah. That is like working, basically working for free if you, it yeah, is. especially if yeah. you're doing keyword research and focusing on SEO a little bit. Exactly. It's so, yeah, much more than that. And so my prices, I actually just redid my prices recently, but I have different packages I offer. So if you do one blog post, I have a like bare minimum package, which is really just the writing. And then I also kind of have like a white glove package, which I do the keyword research for people. I write the post. I also plug it into WordPress. I put in your photos. I like basically do everything on the blog post. So obviously that's a little more expensive, but my prices range from like 150 to 250 ish, depending on the package you get. Mm, yeah. I was, I had that in my mind actually, like 150 starting. So I love that that aligned. I was like, wow, this is expensive. Nobody's going to pay for this. <laughs> and I got a lot of no's and that's okay. But I did get a few yeses and the people that the clients that I have seem to be really happy with their services. So just because somebody tells you you're too expensive, that does not mean you need to change your prices. I do not like hearing that about not just my stuff, but like other people's stuff too. Like I hate the words that's too expensive. I think right. if you're not willing to pay for it, that's fine. But I just think instead of saying something's expensive, saying that it's an investment is so much more like it shows their worth more, right? So for sure. And everybody doesn't have the budget for this and that's okay. Everybody, you know, we're all on different kind of stages in our blogging journey and that's okay. But I think that the people that are looking for you and do have the money to pay, like they are for sure out there. Yeah. I think that is a hang up that we all have at some point in our journeys is people aren't going to pay me for X, you know, but there's always somebody out there who is going to see your worth and who will pay you. So I exactly. love that this was tip number one. Okay, anything else before we go on to tip number two? Or are you ready for that one? Um, I think that's everything for that, yeah. All right, go on and yeah, share tip number two with us. 
So for tip number two, I say take a professional approach. And so what I did is I wanted to have everything kind of fluid and streamlined. So I made an email template of people when they reach out to me, kind of like the basics of what I offer. So that way, if somebody emails me, I just plug in the template, kind of customize it a little bit according to them. But it makes it a lot easier. That saves me a ton of time than having to think of emails every single time. Same thing with flyers. I went on to Canva and just made a decent looking like flyer of an explanation of my services, what the different packages include. Uh, that makes it really easy just to send out when people inquire about your services. Another thing that kind of goes in with the professionalism is stay current with SEO practices. So if you are offering SEO focused ghostwriting, you want to make sure you know what's going on in the world of SEO. And it's always changing and it's always evolving, but I really try to stay current with what's going on. I listen to all of the top hat rank seminars, which are great. Um, I listen to SEO podcasts. I try to keep an eye out in the Facebook groups for anything new popping up. So that's definitely something you want to stay on top of. And the good thing about that is that bloggers by default kind of need to stay current with SEO if they want to keep upping their game and, you know, producing quality content. So there's there's no downside into staying on top of what's going on in the SEO world. Yeah, that's great. Okay, anything else about just being professional? I love your points about email and Canva, just keeping things looking professional Anything? I feel like another one of the other points I make kind of gets into the professional, which is staying organized, but we'll we'll get to that one in a minute. Okay, awesome. What is tip number three? So tip number three is you have to find clients. And so this can be a little intimidating too, because, you know, we don't necessarily want to cold call people, although I have done that before, but Facebook groups are a great way to start. So there are a ton of like VA services uh, related Facebook groups that people are always looking for, you know, photography or writers. So just join a bunch of those groups and see. Another thing you can try is websites like Upwork, but I actually haven't had much luck getting clients from that. But I will tell you, most of my clients have come from word of mouth. So it only takes a few good clients that really like what you're doing. They're going to tell all their blogging friends if you're doing a really good job. So I think making sure you're keeping your clients happy and making sure you're providing a good product, that's the best way to get the word out about your services. Once one or two come, then it's like they come in droves, right? Because if exactly. you produce that quality content, people are going to talk about you. And you only need a few. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you know, if I could write all day, I could, but I still have other things to do and other tasks for my own blog. So you really, at the end of the day, you really only need a few clients to kind of stay afloat. I have a question about just enjoyment. Do you like the writing? Do you ever get tired of it? I mean, is it something that you really do enjoy? I do like writing. I've always been a decent writer and I've enjoyed writing. It does get to be a lot sometimes when I have to write things for my own blog and a bunch of clients. So I think keeping a balance is key, but I do enjoy it. Well, that's good because <laughs> you want to. And yeah, that's probably a key thing too before you get into it is just knowing that writing is something that you're not going to get burnt out from and that you are going to at least semi-enjoy doing it here and there through your week. Okay, so finding clients, I do feel like that is a hard part. People are like, oh, well, who's going to hire me? I don't know where I'm going to find them. So just keeping your eyes open in the Facebook groups and getting those first few and then from there things should unfold for you. 
And don't be discouraged if you get a bunch of no's because every no just opens up more room for the right yes. So you can't get upset if 10 people write back and say that they're not into it. That's okay. Yeah. The right client's coming. Oh, I love that. Yes, great mindset. Let's take a really quick break to talk about a service I'm really excited to share with you. As a food blogger, you've got so much on your plate. You are busy developing recipes, taking photos, writing posts, managing social media, and all of the other things. You work hard to help your readers live a more delicious life. Even though you enjoy working in your business, I think we all do it because we love it, your to-do list is probably a mile long. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe there are certain things you'd rather not deal with, such as writing. If writing is not your cup of tea, you do not have to go it alone. Heather Eberly is a content writer for food brands. She uses copywriting and marketing techniques to grow your business so you can focus on doing the things you love. If you want to gain Google traction, stand out from the crowd, and take your income to the next level, Heather can help you. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to get more information about Heather's services. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources and click on Heather's link. And now let's get back to the episode. Moving on to tip number four. All right. So tip number four is a big one. And I think this is important in blogging in general, but also for writing for others is stay organized. There's a ton of moving parts in our blogs. We know that staying organized is really key. So how I keep all of my clients stuff organized is I have a shared Google folder that we share between us. When I get a new client, I put an intro document in there. So it kind of lets them know what the flow is going to be, what they can expect, what I need from them, timeframes. I also have a document in there of how to set up WordPress access for me because there's certain like you can be an editor or you can be an author so that it breaks that down so they don't have to think about it. They can literally just go step by step and set that up for me. And then I also recommend doing a contract. I use a template from a business called Business Ease, which has like entrepreneurial, creative related contract templates. So I use one of theirs that's actually good for food photography or like other creative services. So it's great because once you buy it, you can continue to use it for all of your contract needs. So it's a little investment. I think it's maybe like two or $300, but you'll make that money back. And it's, it's good to have a contract to protect everybody. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, not everybody does that. I've done work with, I've hired people before to do random things on my blog and a contract isn't always used. Like it doesn't always come up, but I do think that that is the smart way to go. I didn't use it at first and I didn't have any problems, but after I started doing a few more, I just figured it can't hurt there. You know, we have contracts for reason. So I think it's a good idea to have it, especially if you're going to continue to do this. Yeah. Great recommendation. What other ways do you stay organized with your clients? So I'm a very visual person and I love using Google Calendar for the time blocks. I like to see what my day looks like, you know, on the calendar. So I, if I know I have certain client posts coming up, I plug that in as a time block and I know that's the time to do it. I have to get it done. I can't, you know, maybe I can move it around a little bit, but 
I'm on deadlines because they have content calendars to stick with. So I want to make sure I'm devoting time to all of my clients. I also recommend having a timesheet tracker. So I made one in Airtable, which I love. (laughs) Airtable is the freaking best. Yes, agreed. On that, I keep track of the client name, what invoice they have, what post is related, the price. I also keep track of my time because I just like to know, am I getting faster? Is things taking me longer? You know, if all of a sudden things taking me longer, maybe I'm not, you know, charging appropriately. So I like to keep track of that. Also, did you get paid? That's important to keep track of too. Uh, So I have all that in a tracker. I touched on this earlier, but I think it's important to familiarize yourself with your client's writing style. So some of my clients have just been like, sure, do whatever, just get started. I don't care. And some of my clients have been really like beautifully meticulous with documents of how to write in their voice and how to write with their brand's style in mind. So that's amazing. Not everybody's going to give you that, but I would recommend reading a few of your clients' writing samples and blog posts just to kind of stick with their style. Do you do like test, you know, paragraphs or anything like that just to see if they align with what you're writing? Sometimes I'll do, so not really. Sometimes, so a part of my packages, I'll have like a single post and then like a five post package. So what I find a lot of people do is just pay for a single post just to be like, let's see if we're a good fit for each other. And then they'll continue on like a more ongoing basis. But, you know, I also am very open to feedback. If people don't like anything, they can always, you know, we got to communicate about that. But I haven't really had anybody say like, whoa, you're doing this totally wrong. Yeah. Do you find that easy to do? to latch on to somebody else's writing style? It's hard when you're switching. So sometimes I'll kind of just, if I haven't written for a specific client in a while, I'll go back and just refresh. Unfortunately, because we're all writing, you know, for SEO, a lot of our personality gets lost in writing. So I try to still inject a little bit of personality into the writing or else all of our posts just sound the same. Some clients don't really care so much about that. And some do. So I think it just depends on who you're writing for. And then do you have any sort of outline or like template that you start with? Or do you just kind of wing it? So I have templates for everything. (laughs) That's another I feel like that's another part of like the take a professional approach is that you want everything to be cohesive and streamlined and consistent. So I have, I use Google Docs and I make templates for my like SEO report card basically that I send to them. I also have, so let's see, I'll pull it up. So in that template, I have like a block for the rank IQ grade because I do use that sometimes when writing posts. I have blocks for all the keywords that I research and what those search volumes are, as well as the competition score. I have templates for my search engine results page analysis notes. And I also plug in their whole blog post into that Word document. And if I'm updating a post, I put their old post in there as well. Because say if you're rewriting a post for a client and you delete all their old stuff and put yours in there and maybe they don't like it, (laughs) you want to make sure you have their original save somewhere too. So I like to have that in there when I'm updating a post. That's so smart. I think it's so smart to have just to think through some of this on the front end and have it prepared. So it's just like this natural flow, which kind of leads to your next point, right? So you have like SOPs. So go ahead and talk about that. For sure. So 
SOPs are standard operating procedures, and I think it's important to have those for a lot of different tasks in your blog, but having one for your writing flow is really important because sometimes we just get distracted and all of the things we have to do, we're always thinking about what's coming up next. And I know for me, focus is a struggle sometimes. So if I can go back to a paper that says step one, step two, step three, and just check it off as I go, I know I'm not missing anything. And I know that it's easier for me to stay on task. So a little like sample of what my SOP writing flow is, as I always start with key search to do keyword research. I'll also look at Google just to kind of see what things are popping up. Once I decide on a keyword for a post, I will plug that into Google and look at the first search engine results page because those are the top, you know, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's eight, but those are the top posts that Google is showing. So there's got to be something good in those posts. Now, obviously we know we never want to copy. We never want to just look at word for word what they have, but I think it's a good idea to glance at all of those top posts just to see what they have. If if you're writing a post about steak and every single post on the top page talks about how to pick the right steak, then you want to have that in your post too. The goal is to write the most helpful content we can. So we're never copying, but we do want to kind of review that to get a good idea of what we should have. Mm, That is so smart. And then you go through Rank IQ as well, correct? Yes. So I usually pull up the, or I'll I'll run the post through Rank IQ and I kind of have them like side by side. Just, I like to actually write the post in Google Docs because it saves automatically. Sometimes if I'm just writing from scratch in Rank IQ, I've had the page refresh on me or like automatically get logged out and I lose things. (laughs) So (laughs) you want to make sure you're obsessively saving really no matter what you're doing. But I like to plug it in and see which keywords I'm missing, which keywords I have, if there's anything like really big that I should have in there that I'm missing. But I try to be careful. Don't just put a bunch of keywords in because Rank IQ says to, because we want to be concise with our writing. We want it to make sense, but you know we don't want to keyword stuff and we don't want to add words just because it says to, because then sometimes our writing is, it's too much. If you can say everything you want to say in five words, then you really don't need to say the same thing using 10 words. So I think reminder to be concise. You know, it's great to use all these tools, but just still keep your writing concise. Yeah, I think that is a really great tip because sometimes I will put keywords in that an optimizer says I should. And then when I go back and read it, I'm like, oh, that really didn't sound super you know, like clear. It was just like too wordy. So yeah, I think that's a really good reminder just to go back and read some of that stuff that you're writing and adding keywords to just to make sure that it sounds good. Yes. Because at the end of the day, we're, we all, we're writing for Google, but we're writing for people. We're writing for a user on the other end and we want to make super helpful content. So It doesn't matter what all of the other tools say. You have to do that at the heart of writing is just write helpful content. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And then, of course, proofread, (laughs) especially when you're writing for others. You don't want to have grammar mistakes. You don't want to have spelling mistakes. So read it once, read it twice, have somebody else read over it if you can. It's always great to proofread. 
And then you just give it back. And do you get feedback like, I don't like this. I need to change this. Do your clients often change what you write? How does that go once you've delivered it? Sometimes. So sometimes they, I don't know. I don't think I've really ever had anybody ask for a rewrite. I will notice that sometimes people just kind of change things on their own when they go plug it in, which is fine. I do like to kind of know what they're changing, especially if you're working with a client on an ongoing basis. So after they actually post the recipe, I'll go back and just review it and see how many things differed from what I wrote and get an idea of like, oh, they just don't like the way that's worded or something like that. Yeah. And then do you take note of that? Like if they don't like maybe certain words to be used or whatever, just note it so that. Yeah, I try. Yeah. I have like a document for each client of just like little tidbits of, you know, things to remember. Also something important to go over with your client is how they like their post structured. Some people don't care. Some people say do whatever's best for SEO, but some people don't want certain things or they do want certain things. So I know one of my clients doesn't like it to be very wordy. She just wants really concise, very short steps, very short like process information. So I know with her, I have to keep things short and sweet and to the point. I have a question for you about food. So let's say you're writing for somebody who has a recipe that you're not super familiar with. How does that go? So I do research. I try to kind of bring my own culinary expertise into the writing as well. So, you know, I can recommend my own substitutions or, you know, a, a better explanation of the of the like recipe or the steps or if there are certain techniques involved. I feel like I have enough knowledge base to be able to write that. But if there's something that I'm not super familiar with, then I always try to do a little research. Like I have a client who writes a lot of posts about Jewish holiday food. And so I'm not Jewish and I'm not really familiar with that. So when I first started with her, I spent some time and asked questions and, you know, I want to make sure I'm writing things that make sense, but are also appropriate. So I did a little research, but I also had her walk me through some things and explain some things as well. And this just goes back to knowing your worth and you're putting in that extra time to understand in the back end. So it's not stuff that you're actually delivering, right? So this is this is money. This is time and energy. And this makes you more worthwhile. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything we missed before we go on to your bonus tip? This has all been so great, Lauren. I think, oh, and just the last thing is sometimes my clients will actually want me to upload to their WordPress. So I also have a separate checklist of things to do before you press publish because you want to make sure your alt tags are written and you want to make sure you, you know, I change the author to them and, you know, put the appropriate category. So I also have a checklist of everything to do before I hand it off to them to make sure that's perfect as well. Awesome. Okay. What is your bonus tip? I know you have one more for us. Yeah. So the bonus tip is actually something that I struggle with a lot and it is save time for your own blog. So being a professional ghostwriter is not really the end goal here. It's to advance your own blog. It's to make enough money to get to the point where you don't have to do this writing for other people anymore. So unless you want to do this, unless this is your end goal, then great. But I think saving time for your own blog is really important. And that's something that I struggle with too, because it's easy to take on more and more clients because in your head, you're like, oh, more money. Like I can buy this or I can save money for this. But if you're not working on your own blog, then what's the point? Right, right. Oh, that's such a great point. It can be 
yeah, just really enticing to focus on dollars, like, oh, I can make more and get another client or two. But then you're not you're not spinning the wheels on what you set out to initially. Like your blog is going to generate income. So keep focusing on that. Love it. If I use the Google Calendar and I know it takes a certain amount of hours to shoot, it takes a certain amount of hours to test, and I visually plug that in, that really helps me because I'm the kind of person that's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And I add on so many things. And then I'm like, wait, my days are not 97 hours long. I truly cannot get all of this done in a day. So I think it's important to be honest with yourself about how long everything actually takes, which, you know, once you start doing that, and it's hard to be honest with yourself sometimes, because I think as entrepreneurs, we're all kind of superhuman, and we feel like we can do it all. But at the end of the day, we really only have a certain amount of time. So it's important to be realistic with yourself about that. Mm, That is so important. Yes. Great way to end here. Is there anything we've forgotten? Anything that you just wanted to mention on the topic of ghostwriting before we say goodbye? I think that's everything. I just, I encourage people to try it. It's, it's really frustrating when you're putting a lot of money into your blog and you know, you're not generating any income. And this was definitely a great way to start making, even if it's a little bit, you know, start making some kind of revenue. Thank you so much for being here, Lauren. This was such a fun chat. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Yeah, I have some words of inspiration. So I know we talk a lot about mindset. I know you do. And I know just in general in this field we do. But practicing daily gratitude has truly changed my life. If you spend five minutes a day just sitting with the feelings of happiness that all of the blessings in your life bring and all of the good things, it really helps shift your mindset into a place of negative because it's so easy to get caught up in all the crappy things happening in our lives and in the world. But I just really feel like taking a few minutes every day and thinking about all the good stuff, it just brings more good stuff into your life. It is a game changer when you can do that, especially if you can start your day like that so that you kind of set the tone for your day. Oh my gosh, your life will change. And I know it's like so easy to hear that and be like, oh, right. But try it. Try it for a week, and I promise you will see results. I love that you do that as well, Lauren. That's awesome. It sounds woo-woo. You know, a lot of people are not into that kind of stuff, but it's so simple. And sometimes it's not magic, but sometimes it really feels magic. Like, it's the changes that it can make is really great. So that is my tip. Totally love it. Yes. Well, we'll put together show notes for you, Lauren. So if anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Lauren from scratch. Tell everyone where they can find you online, social media, and anywhere else, Lauren. So I am online. My blog is laurenfromscratch.com. I am on Instagram at laurenfromscratchblog. And if anyone wants to sign up for some SEO blogging tips, you can go to laurenfromscratch.com slash subscribe and subscribe to my email list. Oh, awesome. Thanks for mentioning that. And thank you again, Lauren, for being here. And thanks for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.